the verse for today. And I've got my Bible app, just like Lynn. So I read from, I'm reading from the Version Bible app, and it's uh, 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm going to read from 16 to 21. And it's in the New Living Translation. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we, might be, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And that's the word of the Lord. Awesome to be together this morning. So glad you're here. It's wonderful to uh, be able to share. And the message this morning in song was a rich blessing to my heart. It's what I needed this morning. Thank you, Lynn and team. Uh, and thank you, Corey, for reading the scripture this morning, sharing a word about hearing God's seminar. Friends, if you've just joined us uh, uh, in these last uh, weeks, a uh, couple of weeks or so, let me just say that we're completing a series of messages today called Taking Back My Life. And we've been underscoring a number of different themes uh, from selfishness to uh, financial angst to uh, worry to uh, lack of gratefulness and so on and so on. And today we're tackling the theme of... Uh, mission, the theme of mission. We have a mission, and uh, we all have that same mission, uh, but we go about it in different ways because God has made us differently. Uh, he has given us different personalities and different gifts and different strengths. So we go about it differently, but we all have one thing in common, and that is a, a common mission. One of my favorite stories is the story of uh, Larry Walters. Uh, some people have unusual dreams in life, and sometimes those dreams become reality. And Larry Walters is uh, certainly among the short list of people who made uh, some of his dreams come true. It's an unusual story. Uh, I don't recommend at all that you, you try to follow his example. Uh, you can Google the story. It's a great story. I, I just read the rest of the story kind of this week and the sequel of what happened to, to Larry Walter. And it ha does have a sad ending, but I won't tell you that part. Larry was a truck driver, but his lifelong dream was to fly. Uh, he joined the Air Force, uh, but poor eyesight disqualified him from actually flying. Uh, he was so deeply disappointed that uh, he would never fly those fighter uh, jets that would, that would crisscross the skies over his backyard. And then one day, Larry Walters got an idea. Uh, he went down to the local Army-Navy surplus store with his girlfriend, 
and he bought a tank of helium and 45 weather balloons. They were not your brightly colored party balloons, but they were heavy-duty spheres, probably uh, more than four feet across uh, when fully inflated. And back in his uh, backyard, Larry used straps to attach the balloons to his lawn chair, uh, which was just a typical aluminum lawn chair, the kind you might have in your backyard. And so he anchored the chair to the bumper of his Jeep, and he inflated the balloons with helium. Then he packed some sandwiches and drinks and loaded a pellet gun, uh, figuring that he could pop a few of those balloons when it was time to come back down to earth again. Well, his preparations complete, Larry Walters sat in the chair and he cut the anchoring cords and his plan was just to lazily float up into the uh, sky, just uh, maybe for a couple of hundred feet. He'd, he'd spend a little time up there and then he'd take the gun and he'd pop those balloons and he would just kind of lazily float back down to earth. Well, when Larry cut the cord, he didn't lazily float up. He shot out as if he was fired out of a cannon. And nor did he go up just a couple hundred feet. He leveled off at 11,000 feet. And at that height, he could hardly risk deflating any of the balloons uh, unless he unbalanced the load and really experienced a unique kind of flying. So he stayed up there, sailing around up at 11,000 feet for 14 hours, totally at a loss as to how to get down. Eventually, Larry drifted into the approach corridor for the Los Angeles International Airport. <laughs> a Pan Am pilot radioed the tower above, uh, passi about passing a guy in a lawn chair at 11,000 feet <laughs> with a gun in his lap. Wouldn't you have loved to have heard that conversation? Any pilots here this morning? I see one back there. Wouldn't that have been a great experience? LAX is right on the ocean, and at nightfall, the winds along the coast begin to change, and Larry began drifting out to sea. At that point, the Navy dispatched a helicopter to rescue him, but the rescue team had a hard time getting to him because the draft from the propeller kept pushing him further and further out. And eventually, they were able to hover over him, drop a line, and which uh, he grabbed a hold of and gradually brought him back to Earth. Well, as soon as Larry uh, hit the ground, he was arrested, of course. But as he was being led away in handcuffs, a TV reporter called out because they had the story by this time. Mr. Walters, Mr. Walters, why did you do it? And Larry stopped and eyed the man and then replied rather nonchalantly, a man just can't sit around. A man just can't sit around. In a sense, uh, and there he is, there's Larry Walters. It's a true story. In a sense, you have to admire somebody like that. Oh, his idea is crazy. Don't do it. Ludicrous, in fact. Amazing that the guy survived 11,000 feet up there. That's two miles. But it was his dream, and he went after it. He had a dream. He had a dream. You know, God has also had a dream since the beginning of time. He's had a mission. 
And he is unrelenting in that mission. He's had a mission to touch every life on this planet. And he's given the same mission to us. We all have an assignment in life. And that assignment may simply be called our mission. Our mission is within the body of Christ, the church. And it's also very much outside of the four walls here. Our mission is to encourage and strengthen the body. But it's also about connecting to the world. We have a mission of introducing people to God through Jesus Christ, His Son. And that's our mission. And we find a whole variety of ways to do it. But we all, all of us here, share the same common mission. And Jesus gave us the mission in John chapter 20, verse 21. You know this verse. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. That's the mission that Jesus gave to us. The mission is clearly expressed in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 21, the passage that Corey read this morning. First of all, we have a calling uh, and it's personal. We have a calling and it's personal. Paul writes to the Corinthians about the powerful impact of Christ's life and death and resurrection. And he says to know Christ makes such a difference in the way we live out our lives. And he says in verse 20, so we are Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors. Ambassador uh, makes you think, uh, of course, of our country. Uh, where we have ambassadors in various countries of the world. Uh, we send ambassadors to, to uh, the United States. We have ambassadors in Germany, in Europe, in South America, wherever. They, and they act on our behalf. And if you're a follower of Christ, if you claim the name of Christ, then the scripture gives you that name, ambassador. What is an ambassador? Simply a representative. You represent Jesus Christ on this earth. You have a personal mandate to represent the Savior. And I know that that's true. But when I think of how huge that statement is, uh, I kind of shake my head. We represent Christ in Canada? We do. We represent Christ in Terwilliger Town and all the adjoining communities around here. Our desire is to represent Christ in the Windermere communities. You and I represent Jesus Christ on the planet. He is not here, so he has given us authority to be his representatives. Wow, that's just so humbling that, that he would trust us to be his reps here on this earth. It feels overwhelming when I put it that way. You were called to mission by being a representative of Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy 1.9 it says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace 
through Christ Jesus. Underscore, that was his plan. That has always been his plan. God has called us. God has called us to be his people. He has called us to speak for him. He has called us to suffer for him. He has called us to share in his glory. There are lots of callings that he has given to us. And you're also called to be his representatives. That's your calling. That's not your career, but it's your calling. You might work in your profession, your job, and that's your career. It may be that in your career that you can live out your calling. I hope so. It may be that in your career you can live out your calling. Because your calling is to represent Jesus wherever you are. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a representative of him. You're an ambassador. So let me just ask the simple question. What are some of the qualities necessary to being a good representative? Well, one of the things is being an illustration of who you represent. You represent God. You represent God, and, and you're an illustration of God on the planet. And that too overwhelms me. You respond something like God would respond as his representative. In other words, people begin to know something of God by knowing us. Sometimes I think that's a little scary. People begin to know something of God by knowing us. They know something of his character by looking at ours. They see the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the gentleness and the goodness. You know all those characteristics that we call them the fruit of the Spirit. But they're qualities of God. They're qualities of the Spirit. And when people see those qualities in us, they see something of the nature of God. And so the challenge with being an illustration of God is that you're on 24-7. Like any ambassador to a foreign country, you're all, you, always, you always represent your country, whether you're on duty or off duty. When you're living in that country and you're an ambassador of Canada, you're always the ambassador of Canada. You're always on. He's the Canadian in our country. And she's the Christian in our world. He's the Christian in our world. So ambassadors. Now, not, not a lot of people pick up the Bible every day and read it. Uh, I, knew, I know lots do. I know you do. But there are a lot of homes across our country, our, our community. Uh, there might have to be kind of a search if you said, would you, would you read something from your Bible? I wonder where my Bible is. To the people around you, you're the only Bible they will ever read. They're, they look at your life and they get an introduction to the Bible through, through your life. They get an introduction to who God is through your life. And that's all they have because they don't read the Word. But they read you. They read you. We illustrate somewhat through our personal lives something of who God is. And we can either make God look good <laughs> or we can make him look bad. Uh, and we sometimes get embarrassed 
when we watch on TV and someone who makes God look bad. I, I don't know if you still watch The Survivor. After all these seasons and it's still on and it still intrigues me and I still watch it as much as I can. And sometimes they will have a representative, uh, a, a Christian, like they represent the diversity of our society. They'll have a Christian on there that's trying to represent the Christian faith. And uh, when you watch some of the things that the Christian who is modeling here on Survivor, when you watch the things that they say and do, that's not exactly the representation that we're looking for. They say things that are off base, that are theologically, ah, or they're so dogmatic, which sends a signal that we don't want to send to this kind of world that we live in, or cranky, they are cranky. You say, oh my, this does not feel good. They are not representing God very well. You know, there may be two reasons why people don't know the Lord. One of, one of them is that uh, they've never met a Christian. And the other is that they have. <laughs> Second quality of being a good representative is our hearts to love and care for people. The very nature of God is love. So when his representatives love, it speaks very well of God. How do I love the people in my life? How do I love my friends and my neighbors and my colleagues and the people, the people who are not so easy to love? Sometimes we simply love when we offer acceptance <clears throat> to people. We don't always have to agree, but there is an acceptance that we offer. There is a respect. We respect because God values every person. First Peter 2.17, respect everyone and love your Christian brothers and sisters. In another translation it says, treat everyone you meet with dignity. Another way to illustrate the heart of God is simply to find common ground with people. Look for the common ground. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.22. He says, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. So he says, when I'm with the Jews, I, li I, I live like a Jew to become, to bring the Jews to Christ. And when I was with the Gentiles, I connected with the Gentiles in order to bring them to Christ. And when I'm with the weak, I try to bring the weak to Christ by identifying with weakness. And when I'm with the strong, I try to identify with those who are strong by being, showing some of the strengths in my life. He said, I try to find common ground. And that's what we're about as a church, too. We want to find the common ground in our community. Uh, I know this morning that we represent great diversity. One of the reasons I love this congregation so much is, is our diversity. Politically, culturally, country of origin. That's awesome what God is doing here. But we find common ground. Why? So as many people as possible can come to know Christ as we grow together. So we can learn together. So we can understand that we are representatives of Christ and ambassadors on a mission. 
So we're all mandated to be representatives of Jesus Christ. We have a great calling. Secondly, we've been given a great purpose. It's a clear, precise, very well-defined purpose. I don't know if I speak for the rest of the guys in the congregation, but um, for most guys, I think, shopping isn't particularly glamorous. Casual shopping, shopping, wandering around, standing on one leg, standing on the other leg, waiting for the time to pass. But I put a lot more into shopping when I have something very specific that I'm looking for. I'm on a mission. I, I move from store to store rather quickly because I know what I'm looking for and my interest is high and my passion has kicked in and I'm a man on a mission. Most people, most guys are hunters, not shoppers. Give us something to hunt for and it makes it a whole lot more exciting and we're on a mission. We just turn on the music, Mission Impossible. We're gone, we're hunting. And that's our kind of shopping. It's probably not wise in saying that this morning. I see my wife is taking notes. She just switched to a shopping list. <laughs> this is what I want you to get tomorrow. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 that we're on a mission. Verse 18. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. That's our mission. That's our mission. Verse 20, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's our mission. I mean, I know we lose a little in the translation when we forget our mission. Our mission is not just to climb to the top of the ladder. But if we do, if by some grace God blesses you and you get to the top of the ladder then your mission is at the top of the ladder. Our mission is not to accumulate and accumulate and accumulate, but if we do, our mission is to figure out how to handle our resources. We simply carry on the mission of Jesus. He started it, and he, then he handed it over to us. He went away and he said he would send us the Holy Spirit, remember? And the Spirit would enable us to carry out His mission. And so God has put people around us that we're responsible for. They're our mission. We are best suited to, to meet them and to greet them and to walk with them. You have people that only you can connect with. And the same is true for me. They, God has put them in your life. And you're His representative to those people. You are the only Christian some people will ever know. And your mission is somehow to tell them about Jesus. One writer put it this way, telling others how they can have eternal life is one of the greatest things you can do for them. If your neighbor had cancer or AIDS and you knew the cure, it would be criminal to withhold that life-saving information. Even worse is to keep secret the way to forgiveness the way to purpose and peace and eternal life. We have a mission. And if you're like me, you repeatedly hear people saying, I feel like something is missing in my life. Don't you hear it all the time? I hear it all the time in my life. I just feel like something is missing in my life. 
And you know, friends, when the time is right and their hearts are open and you read it well and you listen well to the Spirit, you can say, you know, I discovered there's something missing in my life too. And they say, you did? What was it that was missing? And you can bring the good news, the peace that Jesus brings, the forgiveness that Christ offers. That was missing. And when he came into my life, he changed me. He gave me a sense of well-being. He gave me a peace that invaded my life, and he gave me a sense of purpose. Only God can do that. And that's a privilege to be able to say that to people. Hey, there's no formula. Just listen well. Share your experience. Share your experience because it's your experience. And let the good seed fall into the hearts of people that you share with. And trust God for what he wants to do with that. You have a mission. And it's your mission in life that makes life meaningful and powerful. William James once said, The best use of life is to spend it for something that outlasts it. Wow. The best use of life is to spend it for something that outlasts it. And that's, and what is it that lasts? It's the kingdom of God. It lasts, it will, it will always be. So spend your life for the kingdom. We have a mission as a, as, as a church. Our mission is twofold. Our mission is to build up the local church. Our mission is to build up this church at TCC that was planted some 13, 14 years ago. We need to look at our ministry again today and ask God, where do we need to grow? What are you trying to teach us these days, Lord? And as we've prayed and as we've asked those questions, we've come up with a number of areas. We know that we need to continue to grow in the area of discipleship. We know we need to emphasize being disciple makers. We need to grow in our outreach ministry. We have a community that needs Jesus. And we're just getting started in connecting with this community so we can share the life-changing message of Christ. We need to grow in how to reach our community. And then we need to grow in how we hear God, how we continue to hear what God is saying to us, growing in learning to hear those quiet whispers of the Spirit. And that's why the Hearing God Seminar is so important, that we hear the, the voice, the still small voice of God, that we hear Him. But we also have a second mission. We believe that we have a mission to other communities. We believe that God has strategically positioned us to start a new church plant across the Hende. And we, be, we began the TCC ministry with the view that uh, we would remain smaller uh, as a community church. And when we reached a certain point where we were reaching capacity, that we would need to start again, and we would do that. Just across the Hende are five communities. We haven't got the exact count on this, but we, we know it's 15,000 or more, maybe 20,000 people over in those communities. Friends, what a privilege God has given to us to start a church in this growing, developing part of our city. Even though the economy has slowed, People are coming into this area from all over the country and, in fact, all over the world, moving into this part of the uh, 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 southwest Edmonton. 
And God is inviting us to graciously enter this mission field and to be his presence, to be his presence there. We can be his heart. We can be his hands. We can be his feet. We can be his compassion to these people. There will never be a perfect time. There will never be a convenient time. We will always be able to say, well, maybe we should wait a little bit longer, get our more ducks in a row. But the community needs Jesus. The community needs Jesus. And he has given us what we need to be there. So friends, pray. Would you come to our prayer summit uh, next Sunday night? Not this Sunday night, but the following Sunday night. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for the unfolding of God's direction in this new community. God has put something in our hearts, and we can't stay here. We have to broaden our ministry. We need to have a strong church here, but we believe it will be healthy for us as well to reach and stretch out our hearts to another community and see God do his work there. It will be healthy for us here too. So a great calling, and second, a great purpose. And then finally, God has given us a great message. God has given us a message to share. It's a great message. Here's how Paul is expressing it in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become, be, become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. So something happens when Christ comes into our lives. Something awesome. Something beautiful. God is in the extreme makeover business. He's in the business of transforming your life and mine. He sees possibilities in you that you probably don't see in yourself. And he's able to pay the price for us. He has paid the price. We can't afford the price, but he's paid the price for us. It's awesome to have a chance to start over again. I don't know if you've ever gotten halfway through painting a, a room and just kind of said, ah, wrong color. I just wish I could start over again. Or maybe you got halfway into a career and said, ah, it's just not me. I wish I could start over again. Ever get halfway through life and say, I wish I could start over again. And God says, you can, you can. I'll give you a brand new life. And he offers all of us a new life, a new beginning, when the old is gone and a new life has begun. Do you know him today? Do you know this Savior? Have you been reconciled to him? Have you had an extreme makeover where Christ lives and rules in your heart? So we have a great calling to be representatives of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> we have a great purpose. TCC has a mission. We have a mission to encourage the body of Christ here. And we have a mission to our community. And we have a mission to the next community. But each one of us has a mission. We have a mission in our family. We have a mission in our neighborhood. We have a mission in our place of work. We have a mission in our retirement season. And then finally, we have a great message. It's a God message. It's the message that is simple and profound and life-changing. 
and we get to share it, and that's our mission. Someone has written, you will not be in heaven two seconds before you cry out, why did I place so much importance on things that were temporary? What was I thinking? Why did I waste so much time and energy on concern on things that weren't going to last? We were made for mission. We were made for mission. Tackling mission. So would you pray with me? Just remain seated. Well, let's just take these thoughts this morning and internalize them for ourselves. Father God, our Savior, the one who is the hope of the world, we are honored to be your servants. We're honored to be your representatives. It's the greatest honor in the world. Thank you for your forgiveness of our sins through Jesus Christ. Thank you that you've called us now to be your sons and daughters. And you have given to us a great purpose in life. Thank you for calling every one of us here, Lord. I pray that every one of us would just experience and know in our hearts, the deep calling of God. Thank you for your great purpose for our lives, Lord. Thank you for the best news, the greatest message in the world that we are forgiven in Jesus Christ. And Lord, may your kingdom continue to grow as we walk with you. Bless this church, Lord, as we capture the mission that you have uh, for the world. Bless this next church plant, Lord. Oh, Lord, how we need your blessing. How we need your leadership. How we need your wisdom and discernment. And we pray your blessing, Lord, that we might be able to impact those five communities for Jesus Christ. And that we will see many, many, many hundreds come to faith in Jesus. Lord, help us as we're about our mission. In Jesus' name, amen.